I've been wondering about you and about these summer months and wonder how they are going for you. How are you spending them? I hope and I trust that you're getting some time to enjoy these summer days. Some time to breathe in the warm summer air and to savor the blessings that this season has to offer. I hope you're getting the opportunity, as Mary Oliver put it, to be idle and blessed. And I want to ask, are you getting enough of that? Betts and I were talking before the service, and thanks, Betts, for your willingness to lead the service with me today. But we were talking about how one day you look up and it's August and then it's mid-August and whoo, there goes the summer, quicker than we expect. And I know that I need it, but I think you do too, right? The, the blessings that this particular season offers in a way that no other season does. I am fortunate, I'm aware of it more and more, that our church life slows down in the summertime. We have a lot fewer committee meetings, and I get a generous amount of vacation time. And especially this summer, I am taking advantage of it. I started writing this sermon earlier this week, and I was sitting outside under the shade of an umbrella under a brilliant, was it August yet? It might have been the last day of July. But a brilliant summer sun and a bright blue sky with a few of those puffy white clouds sailing overhead, which were also reflected in the bay water that was out in front of me. My wife Tracy and I were up in Nova Scotia for several weeks and that's where we were and it was nice and quiet up there, and things moved very slowly, which I was grateful for. And so there was plenty of time to sit and watch the clouds move by and the winds blow through the grasses and the bees and butterflies going from flower to flower. And every now and then in the distance to see a little boat move across the water. For a week, our daughter Emma was with us up from New York City. And not long after she arrived, she told us that she was shutting off her phone and putting it away for at least a few days. She wasn't sure how long. Pretty much she kept it off until I think the day before she went home. And she said she hadn't done this for years. And she just wanted to see what it would be like to live without a phone. And in the following days, Emma regularly observed how often Tracy and I were picking up our phones and doing this, looking at them to check the weather or the news, to read about a World Cup game or see, have I gotten any emails? You know. One day, Emma and I, we were, and I were talking about this, and she said one of the reasons she wanted to turn off her phone 
was because she'd noticed she's probably more self-aware sometimes than her dad. She noticed that when she's on her phone, she can lose track of her body. That scrolling through the news or social media can take her out of the present moment, which is where she really wants to live. And so, in the days that followed, I started thinking about this and trying to be mindful of how often I would reach into my pocket and pull out my phone. And how often I do this when I see somebody else doing that with theirs or when I'm bored or when I all of a sudden want a distraction, right? And also thinking about this, I became more aware of how the phone and the computer and the TV, they're not the real world, what they show us, right? They're not the world that we live in. They can be helpful and enjoyable tools but they offer this alternative reality, right, that is curated and distilled and often exaggerated and so often, especially with the news, breathless, right? It's a different version of our world, and it's not the real world. So this week I've been reflecting on how this season invites us to really drop down into our senses to smell those flowers, to feel the cool tang of that salt water on your skin. Sometimes when we went swimming, the water was so clear that I was dipping my hands into the water and sucking on my fingers because I love the taste of that salt water. To watch with wonder as the full moon rises above the horizon. To hear the wind blowing through the trees as they offer us the shade that is so gracious and appreciated this time of year. A few years ago, the journalist George Monbiot wrote an article in The Guardian which was titled, Our Greatest Peril, Screening Ourselves Off from Reality. And in that article, he described how detached people can become from the real world when they spend increasing amounts of time in virtual worlds. Here's part of what he wrote. He wrote, Is it any wonder that we live in a post-truth era when we are bereft of experience? It is no longer rare to meet adults who have never swum except in a swimming pool, have never slept except in a building, never run a mile or climbed a mountain never been stung by a bee or a wasp, never broken a bone or needed stitches, without a visceral knowledge of what it is to be hurt and healed, exhausted and resolute, freezing and ecstatic, we lose our reference points. We are separated from the world by a layer of glass. Climate change, distant wars, the erosion of democracy, resurgent fascism. In our temperature-controlled enclosures, all of these can be reduced to abstractions. He lifts up a couple examples of these young men who have gotten big followings on Twitter or other social media platforms who seem to live their whole lives in 
these online worlds and have actually done some really harmful things because there's a lot of misogyny and hatefulness in these uh, followings that they've cultivated. And of course, that is an extreme example. But, and most of us don't inhabit anything nearly like that, right? This world where people primarily make and live their relationships in this online virtual world rather than in person. But still, don't we need to take this warning seriously ourselves? Who among us hasn't thought, I could spend less time looking at my phone or in front of my computer or watching TV, right? The problem with these devices, as useful as they can be, is that they tend to pull us away from the present moment. And so in that way, they pull us away from life. And you want to be as fully alive as you can, right? I certainly do. And that phone in my pocket can be so tempting even addictive sometimes, right? And it can be distracting. My wife Tracy could tell you that when she's trying to talk to me and I'm sneaking glances at my phone, I'm not hearing what she's saying. Sometimes she'll say, what did I just say? <laughs> so I need this invitation, and maybe you do too, to put away that phone or turn away from that computer or turn off that t TV in order to be present to this moment and to this day. So you can drink in and look around the gifts of this miraculous world. The sights and smells that are all around us, including the painful and the unpleasant ones, as well as the beautiful ones. Joseph Campbell once said, people say that what we're all seeking is a meaning for life. But I don't think that's what we're really seeking. I think that what we're seeking is an experience of being alive. So that our life experiences on the purely physical plane will have resonances with our most innermost being and reality. So that we actually feel the rapture of being alive. So we actually feel the rapture of being alive. This is what I'm trying to talk about today. This awareness of being alive and the joy and the fullness that comes with it. It's like a religious experience, isn't it? That leads to connection and tenderness and gratitude. Especially now in our fast-paced, technology-driven world, don't we need to carve out time and space to just be still? To be together in physical spaces like we are right now. To just be in our bodies. To feel that and bring attention to that. Time to turn down the chatter in our busy minds 
and feel the touch of the wind on our skin and hear the buzzing of that bee or that mosquito, to taste that warm tomato just plucked from the vine. Don't we each need to have experiences that we're not going to do anything with other than just savor them slowly, deeply, gladly? Next weekend brings the peak of the Perseids meteor shower, which goes on for a good chunk of the summer. And there's a couple of days next weekend when it should be at its peak. But really, any time now is a great time to go outdoors and find your way to some darker place and look up at the stars. It's magical, isn't it, to look up and see the Big Dipper and the Milky Way across the heavens. This expansiveness of the night sky, it does remind us of our place in the universe, doesn't it? That we are both incredibly small, and at the same time, we are part of something so vast and amazing. It's all here, and we are a part of it. All we have to do is wake up to this reality, and when we do, we start to see that there are all these little miracles all around us. I think you know what I'm talking about. This is the call we heard a few minutes ago from Reverend Gretchen Haley. Give up the fight for some other moment, some other life than here and now. Give up the longing for some other world, the wishing for other choices to make, other songs to sing, other bodies, other ages, other countries, other stakes. Purge the past, forget the future, for each come too soon. Surrender only to this life, this day, this hour. Not because it does not constantly break your heart, but because it also beckons with beauty, startles with delight. If only we keep waking up. This is the gift we have been given. These body clothes, this heartbreak, this pulse, this breath, this light, these friends, this hope. Here we remember ourselves, we remember ourselves, all a part of it all, giving thanks together. You know, too often religion has tended to separate people from their bodies, to see the spiritual as somehow above and apart from our earthy, physical selves. And our contemporary, contemporary culture doesn't help either in how it glorifies only particular types of bodies that maybe none of us actually have. And this can make the rest of us feel inadequate or even ashamed of these bodies we have been given, right? But aren't our bodies, even with their aches and pains and we were talking about this right before the service, these different issues that as we get older, 
our bodies present us with. But aren't these bodies still wonderful gifts? Which not only make it possible for us to be here, breathing in and breathing out and moving through our world, but these bodies and these senses are all we have to touch and taste and be touched and smell and experience the world around us. They are what we have to be open to this wonder and this mystery. The invitation is to get into this warm and radiant and refulgent season while we are here. And while it is here, to live into our bodies while we can, to awaken our senses and inhabit this moment, to be grateful and glad for these gifts and these companions that we have been given now and forever. Amen.